You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And a good afternoon, everybody. Hope you are having a good Wednesday. Grant Napier with you here on Listen Up. I've got some, I think, very interesting topics that I'm going to discuss today. I'm going to talk about the social messages on the back of helmets in the NFL. I'm also going to read you two viewpoints about uh, the Black National Anthem that is being played before NFL games this year. I'm also going to share with you a, a pretty interesting phone call that I had today. That plus uh, your questions are very much welcome by hitting that hand icon, and we will get you uh, right on. So, you know, it's a Wednesday. We don't have NFL football until tomorrow, and generally the middle of the week, uh, you got to look for other things to talk about. And there are a couple of things that really jumped out at me. So let me share you a conversation that I had today. Uh, Here in South Florida, the real estate prices are literally, I shouldn't say literally, but they're going through the roof. They're not literally going through the roof. And uh, our rent here, where I'm living, uh, went up by $1,500. I'm like, $1,500? Are you freaking kidding me? So anyway, it's time to pack up and move, which uh, will be done uh, next week. And I had to call Xfinity today to get my TV and my Wi-Fi switched over to my new place. And uh, it was actually a very lengthy process for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, they were having a couple of computer issues, but the guy that was helping me was very nice and uh, he he was extremely uh, kind in saying thank you for your patience and so it was it was no problem. We didn't have a conversation about anything. We were literally just talking about what I needed uh, at the new place. If I wanted to make any changes with any of my uh, cable boxes or the internet, and he wanted to make sure that everything that I was going to get at the new place I wanted. So you know they have to go through a process now and then. You know, he has to explain to me the discounts. If you do direct pay, you'll get $10 off every bill and so on and so forth. I said, yeah, no problem. So we were on the phone. I'm not kidding you. It must have been 40 or 45 minutes. And I was put on hold a number of times when he said, listen, I need to put you on hold. I've got to do something. I'll be right back with you. I said, no problem. Take your time. I've got nothing going on. So at the end of the conversation, he said, hey, you're all set. And he goes, hey, do you mind if I say something to you? And I said, no. He said, when you called me, I thought I recognized your voice. And he says to me, I just want to let you know 
what you said about all lives matter, don't ever apologize for that. And I said, hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And he said, I live in Miami. I'm from Miami. And I'm really uh, hoping that you like uh, South Florida. But he said, don't ever feel bad for what you wrote and what you said. And I said, hey, man, I really, really appreciate that. And the reason why I bring that up is I've said that one of the really neat things about moving here is that nobody knows me. And I've met some amazing people. And one of the reasons that I've really been able to meet some phenomenal people is that when I meet someone for the first time, they have no idea who I am. They don't know anything about my background. And we start from the ground floor. And we have some very uh, interesting conversations. And some of those people now have really become uh, some of my very best friends in life. And I really mean that. And it's been so refreshing to not be recognized. And it was just kind of like, wow, you know, I'm in South Florida. This guy is not from California. He lives in Miami. He's from Miami. And the fact that he said that, I just said, hey, I want to I say thank you very much. I relayed a story at a birthday party at a restaurant two weeks ago. Uh, and I don't know if I said it here on Listen App, but uh, I was at a birthday party for a man, uh, a good uh, friend of mine's father. He was turning 65. And uh, there were probably, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 of us sitting at the table. And I was at one end of the table. And the gentleman uh, to my right and his friend were there. They were both lobbyists and they're both dressed up in suits. And it was a weeknight. I think it was a actually it was two weeks ago tonight, I believe. And we uh, started talking and eventually it got around to what do you do? And I said, oh, I'm a I'm a sportscaster because I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. I mean, I really, truly don't. I'm not really sure how to answer that. And he said, oh, wow, really? And he said, yeah. I said, yeah. He goes, well, like, you know, what's your background? What did you do? And I said, well, I said I was the TV announcer for uh, the Sacramento Kings for 32 years and had a and I, before I could even finish, he goes, wait, what? He says, you're the guy. He goes, what's your name again? I go, Grant. Grant Napier. And he, he couldn't say my last name. I go, yeah, Grant Napier. He goes, I know all about you. And I'm like, really? He goes, oh, my God. And then he, he gives the guy next to him, you know, an elbow. And again, I, I point this out because I like to paint an accurate picture. He was white and his friend was black. And he says to the guy, he goes, you're not going to believe this. That's Grant Napier right there. And the, and the black guy goes, what? He goes, that's the guy that was with the Sacramento Kings. He goes, oh, no way. And I go, yeah, way. And the black guy says to me, he goes, hey, just so you know, I have no problem with what you said. He said, and I don't know why anybody would have a problem with what you said. And I said, hey, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. So we actually ended up talking about that for, you know, about 30 minutes. And then I actually helped the guy next to me because he was doing his fantasy football draft over the phone because he couldn't be with everyone because of the birthday party. But, you know, again, I, I don't I don't think of these things if I meet somebody like I did two weeks ago at the birthday party or, you know, if I'm on the phone switching my Xfinity service. But I thought it was kind of neat just because and I'm, I'm not saying this to be self-serving or anything else like that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm never going to apologize for saying all lives matter every single one. Why would anybody apologize for saying all lives matter every single one? And why would anyone have a problem with any person believing and saying all lives matter every single one?
then they've got a problem. That that's how I look at it. They've got a problem. I mean, are, are there really people walking around in the United States of America that don't believe that every life matters? Seriously. I mean, doesn't every life matter mean your life, my life, my neighbor's life, the, the person that lives on the first floor, you know, the person that was serving us that night at the restaurant, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of religion, regardless of sexuality. I mean, are there people that really feel that every life doesn't matter? So I, I just wanted to relay that story today because um, I was just like, wow, you know, and I said, hey, thank you very much. I greatly appreciate that. And he said, hey, don't ever feel bad for what you said. And I said, I, I won't. And I, and I said, I really, really appreciate that. So, you know, I wanted to throw that out there because that was kind of neat today uh, for me. And, and again, uh, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that in any way, uh, shape or form. Hey, if you want to get on, hit the knock button on the phone and I'll get you right on. Preston is joining us. Hello, Preston. How are you today? Not too bad, man. Uh, man how you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Hey, uh, I just wanted to talk some baseball with you. And I wanted yeah. to ask you if the, if you think the Giants will hang on here in the West. I hope so. And it would be such a it, I, I, listen, one of those two teams is going to end up being a wild card. And that is really hard to believe, isn't it? What the Giants yeah. have done this year, what the Giants have done this year to me is one of the best stories in Major League Baseball to me in the last decade. I, I think it's remarkable what they've done because no one, nobody expected this from the San Francisco Giants. Everyone was going Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. And listen, a lot of people thought the Padres would be better than the Giants this year. I think what the Giants have done this year truly is one of the best stories. But you and I both know, you know, if they lose in the first round of the playoffs or, you know, they win 105 games and they're a wild card and lose, you know what people are going to say, right? They're going to say, well, gee, it was a great regular season, but they have nothing to show for it. So yeah. now the well, pressure's I mean, really on. You ask me a question, you know what, Preston? I do. I think they're going to win the division. Yeah, I mean, based on their history and stuff, I mean, I don't know about – I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about them going to the playoffs just because uh, my main concern for them is their uh, starting pitching. But, I mean, because outside of Webb and Gosman, uh, there's not really much certainty there. Uh, but, I mean, Gosman and Gosman's have been pitching uh, better lately. So, yeah. Well, the one thing we do know, the Dodgers do have the pitching. You know, and they got they got arms that come at you, you know, left and right. But as you and I talk right now, you know, the Giants have a three-game lead in the loss column. And I'll tell you, that's substantial. You know, a three-game lead in the loss column on September 15th is substantial. Now, yeah, could it be gone in three days? Yeah, it could be. But when, you, when you're 95 and 50 and you've won, what is it, eight or nine in a row, I believe the Giants have won, it's not like you're going to go into a slump. So, yes, I do think they're going to win the division. Absolutely do. Okay, thank you. Hey, Preston, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate that. If you want to get in on uh, the program, uh, just hit that hand icon and we'll get you right on. So, you know, I was talking about that call today. And then I have been reading a lot of things recently, you know, about, you know, first of all, let me give you my stance on this, okay? And I've been saying this for many, 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 many years, way, way before Colin Kaepernick ever took a knee. I hate social and political messages at my sporting events. I don't want it. 
I, I, I don't want that. That's not why I'm going to a game. It's not why I'm watching a game. It's not what I want to see when I go to a sporting event. There's plenty of time to do that on your own. There's plenty of time to do that in other areas of your life. Okay. I am not a believer in social and political messages at work. Athletes are at work when they are doing these type of messaging. All right. I'm not a fan of it. I've always used Broadway as an example. Do you want to go to a play on Broadway and see the actors and actresses come out with T-shirts with social or political messages on them? Do you want to get on an airplane and have the pilot go, welcome aboard. Uh, we'll be taking off in about 15 minutes. Our flight time will be four and a half minutes or four and a half hours at an altitude of uh, 32,000 feet. We're expecting pretty clear skies. It's always a good idea to have your seatbelts fastened when we are in flight. Oh, and by the way, when we land, uh, there is this great event going on, and it is for Black Lives Matter, or it is for this, or it is for that. Do you want that to be said by the pilot? I mean, I'm serious. I'm, I'm not trying to be cynical or whatever. I mean, what's the difference between what the NFL is doing? Anyway, I'm watching just about every game in the NFL on Sunday, and I'm seeing a lot of the players. Uh, they're allowed six social slogans on the back of their helmet. And I was watching the Giants, and the Giants have nothing on the back of their helmets. They don't even have Giants written on the white part of the back of their helmet. And every single team that I watched on Sunday had the team's name, or it was replaced by one of the six slogans that you could put on the back of the helmet. And I was thinking to myself, you know, I, my team that I root for sucks. They're awful. The Giants are not very good. But you know what? As a fan, I'm happy. I'm happy that they all look the same, that there are no social messages on the back of the helmets. They don't even have, as I said, Giants on the back of the helmets, which is a really good thing because they look anything but Giants on the field. So I, I really am against that. I, and I want to hear from you what you think. And I want to read a couple of stories as it relates to what has gone on now in the National Football League. As you are, I'm sure, very well aware of, this year, the National Football League is playing Lift Every Voice and Sing, otherwise known as the Black National Anthem, all right? And I thought it was very interesting that just a couple of days ago, Bill Maher, who is extremely liberal on his TV show, HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher, really came down hard on the NFL. And he said this, quote, now maybe we should get rid of our national anthem, but I think we should have one national anthem. I think... When you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have, many of them have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean, segregation. You're, or you've inverted the idea. And he talks about segregation. We're going back to that under a different name. It's very interesting. He added this. When people say to me sometimes, like, boy, you really go after the left these days. Why? Because you're embarrassing me, Mara said. That's why I'm going after the left in a way you never did before, because you're inverting things that I'm not going to give up on being liberal. This is what these teachers are talking about. You're taking children and making them hyper aware of race in a way 
they wouldn't otherwise be. And I thought that was some very interesting comments from Bill Maher. Now, back in July, when it was announced by the National Football League that they would be playing the two different anthems before the game, Phil Mushnick, who is not afraid to write about anything, he writes exactly what he wants to write. And I'll read a couple of excerpts from his column from the New York Post. He said at roughly $40 million per, the NFL employs more than a mere commissioner. In Roger Goodell, the league also contracts a social engineer, the kind who cowardly chooses to ignore those problems he should fix. The increasing criminality of NFL players comes to mind in favor of fixing what's not broken. To that end this season, Goodell plans to include two pregame national anthems at marquee events. The traditional one, which I guess now is explained as the white anthem and the new addition and largely unknown black national anthem. To think that Goodell is dense enough to believe that such a separate but equal public relations scheme will promote goodwill as opposed to divisiveness. What will happen this season? Should black fans stay seated during the white anthem? After all, Goodell has implied that the standard version is not for blacks. Should white customers remain seated during the black anthem? Goodell has clearly indicated that it's not being played for the NFL's white fans. And then he says, and what do, or he said, and what to do with those misguided souls, black and white, who might still feel as if we should all be united under just one anthem? Should they seek race counseling? Will group sessions be segregated? Will there be enough security at games willing to break up race-based brawls. Why doesn't Goodell have NFL stadiums further divide by race, have race-specific entrances, water fountains, concession stands, parking lots, restrooms? His anthem plan resurrects such long-gone racist history. Only a pandering boob who exercises no foresight would even consider such a plan, let alone enact it. But Goodell is allowed attending or watching an NFL game to become a political exercise, an avenue to express and stress racial discord as opposed to watching a football game. And as a white minority, I'm also a Jew who was raised to recognize wrong from right and never black from white, I'm tired. Make that sick and tired of being tactically condemned as a racist by sports commissioners who work in mortal fear of being called racist by the selectively blind, outraged, wishful, and politically ambitious. If Goodell truly believes that the NFL's white fans are in need of a racial awakening and makeover, just say that, rather than install repugnant reminders, starting with separate national anthems. Very interesting to hear two viewpoints fairly similar in the messaging one from Bill Maher, who we know is extremely left and is very much liberal. I don't know what Phil Mushnick is. Um, I have no idea what his political affiliation is, and I don't care. I've always said this. I don't really care whether you're on the left or the right. or I, I've never cared about that. I mean, I think that we should always be willing to listen to different viewpoints and different opinions 
regardless of someone's political affiliation. You can either agree or disagree. You can engage in dialogue, but there doesn't have to be hate involved because somebody disagrees with you. I'm sure there are people right now listening here on Listen App that disagree completely with what Bill Maher and Phil Mushnick had to say. I think that it's very interesting what they had to say. I think it's very interesting. And I, I don't know what's next. You know, I don't know where this all goes. I really don't. But I think it's very interesting that now you are having more and more people in the media come out and speak about these issues and say they don't like them. Now, I'm sure there are those that do like them, as I said, and that's fine. But I, for one, have never liked them. And I've been very open and very honest about that. I do not want that at my sporting events. I do not want that in my arenas. Now, do I turn off the TV? I have in the past, but I don't in the NFL. But I also will tell you, I don't turn the games on right until one o'clock. I do not watch anything other than I did before 9-11 because I wanted to see what the NFL was going to do for 9-11. So I actually watched, I actually turned the pregame show on at about 45 after the hour. So I watched the last couple of minutes of the pregame show because I want to see what was going to happen before the NFL's kickoff. And I got to tell you, I thought they kicked it out of the park. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the video tribute for 9-11, and I thought the gal singing the national anthem from the fountains at Ground Zero in New York in front of her father's name, who was killed on September 11, 2001, was one of the best renditions of the national anthem that I've ever seen. And I said so the next day on my podcast and my rants and everything else. I thought it was great. I think I said it here, too. I thought they did a marvelous job with that. I think it was on Monday of this week, right? Because it's a couple of days ago now that I think about it. I thought I, I thought it was great. And I think the NFL uh, needs to be applauded for how they did all of that. I don't think they could have done it any better. But that was an event that happened 20 years ago, a terrorist act. And I just felt great patriotism on Sunday. I felt great togetherness on Sunday. And just on social media and those writing stories from around the country at different venues, they all seem to point out the exact same thing, that they had a great spirit about them, that they felt together again. Of course, that's probably already gone by now, being at Wednesday. But I think the message was powerful. I thought it was very well done. But now we have a different type of message. We have messaging going on. The NFL with two social media sayings on each side of the end zone. And then you have six social media, or excuse me, social justice issues or slogans. Not really sure what is the correct way to phrase that. And I'm just wondering what you think about that. Like, does it bother you? You know, I said the other day that it didn't bother me. And then I was thinking about, well, you know, it really does kind of bother me, but not to a point where I'm going to turn the TV off. So I had to, you know, think about when I said that, I, I did a rant on this 
and I was talking about the Giants and how grateful I am that everyone has the same helmet on and everyone looks the same. And that's what I want in a team. I'd like to have better performance, but, you know, I'll take what I can get right now. And I was just wondering, and I really mean this, like, what the, what what bothers me about it and what doesn't bother me about it? I'm not losing sleep over it. You know, I, I will tell you that. You know, I'm not I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not really like it doesn't upset me. I just don't like it. You know, I, I don't like it. I don't like what has happened to uh, professional sports. I just think it's wrong. I, I think I, I don't think there's a it should be. I, I just don't want it in my stadiums and arenas. I would like to know what you have to say. You can hit that hand icon and I will get you right on. What do you think of social messaging that is now going on in our sports world? What, what do you think of that? I am not a fan of it. I don't want it. And I will also tell you, I don't think I'm ever going to change my opinion on that. You know, and I'm open to change and I'm open to listen to other point of views and other dialogue because I think that's healthy. I think it's sometimes good to just shut up and listen. But I don't think anyone's ever going to change my mind because that's not what I want sports to be. I don't want sports to be anything other than watching a game. That's what I want. You know, I have enough going on in the other 21 hours during the week when I want to watch a football game for three hours. Can we not just get a break? I mean, if we don't have a break from sports, then what are we going to have a break from? Seriously, we're inundated with this stuff all day long. On Anytime you turn the TV on, turn the radio on, you know, pick up your phone and look at messaging, social media. Everything. That's all. I mean, it's, it's, you're bombarded with it. You're absolutely bombarded with it. I have to now get bombarded with it when I watch a game. That's not what I want. And I just, these, the sports leagues are, in my opinion, this is all about money. It's all about taking the easy way out. Do I think that Roger Goodell wants social messaging on the helmets? No, I don't. But he, he doesn't, he's like, okay, you know what? It's the safe thing to do. It's the easy way out. And I'm appeasing every single person and every single sponsor. Although I think a lot of people have said no to the NFL. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. I I still watch the NFL. I just don't watch as much as I used to, I guess. Although on Sunday, I watched from 1 o'clock until midnight. You know, I watched everything. I watched just about every game. Actually, I take that back. I did turn the Bears-Rams game off in the third quarter because I knew the game was over and it was like, I'm done. And I I was tired of watching football since 1 in the afternoon. But I did watch just about uh, every game. So what do you think about that? Let me know. Hit the hand icon. What do you feel about these issues that I've talked about? The uh, different anthems that are now played at the game. Are we going overboard? Are we getting carried away? Uh, and why Why are we, when I say we, why are the sports leagues doing this? I, again, I think we know the answer to that, right? Uh, any Even a little bit of scrutiny, and they curl up like a little ball, and they they do it to appease. And I just, again, I don't want it. I don't want it when I'm watching my uh, sporting event. So I thought I would talk about that for a little bit today. Uh, again, tomorrow you have the Giants and Washington down uh, in Landover. You know about both these teams 
having a lot of issues. Washington now without Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, the Giants who got manhandled by Denver on Sunday. They have a, a multitude of issues. The one thing the Giants have done in the past is they've handled Washington pretty well, both at home uh, and on Washington. So, you know, you got that as well. By the way, just because I want to uh, paint both stories or both points of view here, because I always feel it's important for me to point out uh, both points of view. I guess Whoopi Goldberg came after Bill Maher on The View. I didn't see this on Monday, and so I'm just seeing this uh, for the first time. But uh, I guess she came down uh, pretty hard on uh, Bill Maher. And that's fine. You know what? A different point of view is good, right? I, I don't have any problem with a different point of view. I don't have I don't have any problem at all. But um, I think Whoopi, I'm trying to find the quote here. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it real quickly. But again, you you have different points of view, and a lot of people are talking about this. A lot of people are uh, talking about this. So I just wanted to uh, point that out. I'm going to try to get the quote here um, because, you know, Bill Maher made that comment on, I want to say, it was Friday show. That's right. Friday show. Again, let me read the, let me read the paragraph real quickly before I get to the second part. I think when you go down a road where you're having two different national anthems, colleges sometimes now have many of them have different graduation ceremonies for black and white, separate dorms. This is what I mean. Segregation. You've inverted the idea. We're going back to that under a different name. And then he talked about the critical race theory and a couple of uh, other things. So those were uh, his comments. And then I guess Whoopi Goldberg. All right, here is the comment. I do have that now. All right. She says this. All right. Because we have gone backwards a good 10, 15 years. We're having to re-educate people. We're having to re-educate people on how everyone wants to be talked about, how black people want to be talked about, how Hispanic people want to be talked about. She added, my father, my grandfather fought in all of those wars. Couldn't vote, but fought in all of those wars. We've been fighting to be seen as equal. You cannot say this is happening because people are woke. I've never been asleep. In the culture that I've seen, we are fighting because there's a big gap, not just us, Native Americans, all the other we've been talking about. America, get it together. We already dealt with this. And again, I, I can't walk in her shoes. And her comments, I felt that I wanted to read here. But my, my feeling is... If we keep on living in the past, we're never going to get to the future. That's my point. And at some point, all right, at some point, and I'm going to use a sports analogy here. And I'm using a sports analogy because I'm a sportscaster. Sean Salisbury came out today, a guy that I'm, I'm happy to know, former quarterback at USC, and came up with a really harsh Instagram message towards his alma mater because they just fired their coach, Clay Helton, yesterday, and they're in the middle of a, a, a really bad stretch as a football team. And his message was pretty simple. Stop living in the past. 
students and the kids that come to school now and the football players don't give a damn about what happened 20 and 25 years ago at USC. They want to know how much money they can make on name, likeness, and image. They want to know if they can get to the National Football League. They want to know what can you do for me. They don't care about Ronnie Lott. They don't care about Marcus Allen. They don't care about, you know, the the Anthony Munozes and the Jack Del Rios. And USC keeps living in the past. And I think Sean is spot on. And again, you know, the pan, the history is history. It's never, ever going away. But at what point are we going to move forward so we can get to the future? And uh, and again, I'm saying this from, from my perspective, not from anybody else's. Whoopi said we've gone backwards a good 10, 15 years. We're having to re-educate people. We're having to re-educate people on how everyone wants to be talked about how black people want to be talked about, how Hispanic people want to be talked about. She's 100% correct. She's 100% correct. My father, my grandfather fought in all of those wars, couldn't vote, but fought in all of those wars. We've been fighting to be seen as equal. Yes, you have been fighting to be seen as equal. And you're 100% correct about how black people want to be talked about, how Hispanic people want to be talked about. and that's why, again, not to be self-serving, all lives matter, every single one. Why is that such a different, difficult concept? And why do we have to keep on holding history over everyone's heads? Why? Why do we have to keep on going back to, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago? Why? Why? I'm not saying forget it. I'm not saying it wasn't painful. I'm not saying that there aren't ramifications. I'm not saying that we should never, ever honor those in past generations and what they had to endure. But how are we ever going to get to the future if we constantly live in the past? It's almost like you're trying to fix the past. You can't fix the past. How about fixing now? How about fixing today? How about fixing tomorrow? How about making tomorrow better? You know, and, and uh, that's the frustrating part for me. That's why I wanted to read a lot of different viewpoints. You know, Bill Maher, again, I think, I don't know, I think he's in, on the opposite spectrum than a Phil Mushnick. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think so. And they both said the same thing. And I wanted to read Whoopi Goldberg's comments because I wanted to get a different viewpoint. A different viewpoint. You know, and when she talks about her father and her grandfather fighting in all of those wars, and couldn't vote, but fought in all of those wars. I, I, I understand how much pain that must have been for those that were fighting to protect our country. But then they came home and had no rights and they couldn't vote. I get that. Or at least I think I get that. I understand the hate, the, 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 the hurtfulness and the bitterness. But I mean, how, how, are we, is the, how long are we going to keep on like going there? How, how, how are we ever going to fix the present and the future if we can't get out of the past that's the only that's the only thing that you know i wanted to bring up on this but I, listen this, this this is the other thing i love about this app and about what i do on my podcast is i, I work for myself now you know i don't have to worry about what my boss is going to say because i'm talking about a quote unquote sensitive topic 
You know, it's only sensitive because a lot of people can't handle constructive dialogue. That's the reason, right? I mean, why is it that two network announcers can't go on TV and say that one's a Democrat and one's a Republican? Why, why is it that anytime anyone, such as like a Jack Nicholas, who's 80 years old and came out before the election and said he was endorsing Donald Trump, why did Jack Nicholas get destroyed for that? As if his life didn't matter, as if everything that he's worked on in 80 years was just down the drain. You don't have to agree with Jack voting for Donald Trump, but you're going to like destroy his life over it? Like what the hell kind of America is that? Seriously. Like I don't understand that. And conversely, you know, if you voted differently, if someone voted differently than you, like I, I can't tell you the number of people that I talked to leading up to the election that told me they had ended friendships over their political affiliation. What, what kind of America is that? Seriously, you're ending friendships over who you voted for? Can't you sit down with one another and have a constructive conversation and discuss your opposing viewpoints without hatred and without canceling the other person? Like, I don't get that. I, I, I do not understand that. I will never understand that. I, I, that's another thing about living here. I've had more amazing, I mean amazing with a capital A, conversations with total strangers for three and four hours at a time talking about all of this, all of it, different ethnicities, different generations, different countries, all right, all of them. I mean, I've had hour-long conversations, hours and hours with black people, with Brazilians, with Cubans. I mean, I can go on and on and we can sit down. We, we don't even know each other and we can sit there and we can exchange ideas for three and four hours. Literally, I'm not exaggerating, three and four hours. And at the end of the time, like, hey, man, it was really nice meeting you. I really enjoyed talking with you. Hey, you want to get together again? I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been able to do that. Why is that so hard? Why can't other people do that? Why do we have to have so much hatred? John, thank you very much for coming on. Listen up. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining me. What, what yeah, can I first do off, Grant, I wanted to say that it's good to hear you uh, taking callers again. Uh, no insult to you, but the best part of your show, in my opinion, was you took the calls of the listeners and let them speak. Whether we were smart and articulate or idiots, you let us talk, and that was great about your show on uh, KHTK when it was on Thank KHTK. Thank you. Um, your question to us, I just uh, it just doesn't really bother me, is the bottom line for me. Um, I, I support some of the stuff that that a lot of the stuff that's that they're talking about, but it mostly it just doesn't it doesn't phase me. I don't really. It's like thank you for sharing and and they're public figures, I guess is what I could say in favor of it. I guess they are public figures. I mean, no one cares what I say at my job. It would be been be annoyed and want me to stop talking about it. But they are public figures. These these athletes. So, but mostly it just doesn't bother me. I just I okay. just goes by me. Um, hey, I, want I appreciate it. About, yeah. What um, else? Yeah. I want to ask you about. I know there's not much going on right now with the with the NBA. Uh, most of the rosters are set, though. So, what do you think about the Kings this season? Um, 
their prospects, I guess, in your opinion, with the roster? Most well, right now, John, and John, I'm going to let you take this back because there's a little bit of crackling in the background. First of all, I want to say thank you very much for finding us here on Listen App. Thank you very much for your question. And uh, I'm going to put you back into the audience. But again, thanks very much. Um, I talked about this yesterday, and I'm going to go over it again for you. Right now, John, to me, uh, the Kings are not a playoff team. And uh, yesterday, I went over the Western Conference, and I tried to find teams that I would say the Kings are better than. Now, you also have to understand that they haven't played their first game yet, and the roster may look different on opening night than it does now. But, John, I'm going to ask you this, all right? Let's just go over Let's just go over teams that we can agree that the Kings are not better than, okay? Every team in their division, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers, Suns. So right there, that's four teams that they're not better than. They're not better than Denver. That's five teams. They're not better than Utah. That's six. They're not better than Portland, in my opinion. That's seven. They're not better than Dallas. That's eight. All right, so that's eight teams. Now, here are the teams that I think that they can play with. Houston, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, and San Antonio. Those teams right there, I could say, okay, I could see the Kings finishing ahead of. I think I would take Memphis a little bit ahead of Sacramento, but you could change my mind. So think about this. If they're not among the top eight, that means you have Houston, Memphis, New Orleans, San Antonio, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, and then the Kings. That's seven teams, John, fighting for the ninth and tenth spot to get into the play-in tournament. I don't see the Kings right now as a top eight team. Could they battle for nine or ten? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, are we? Are you really getting excited over that? I mean, I, I my, my, I've always looked at this, John, as get the 500 first. You know, become a team that can be 500, and once you're 500, then then you can ascend, and you can get to where you want to be. But get to be 500 first. Right now, I don't think the Kings win 35 games unless they're going to make a trade or two between now and the start of the season. Because barring injury, and again, there are injuries, but right now, based on the the teams that I just mentioned, they're all better than Sacramento. They're all better than Sacramento. Portland and me, of all of those teams I just mentioned, I would put in eighth. But they're better. I, I think they're better. I mean, the other teams I know are better. I think Memphis is going to have a better year than Sacramento. I don't know about New Orleans yet. I'm not crazy about them. I mean, but, you know, Zion Williamson now starting his, what, third year. And if he stays healthy, he's the guy that can carry a team on his back. Spurs, I don't like anymore. I think they've had their day. Houston, I don't think is going to be a playoff team this year. So that's the way I look at it, John. It's a very good question. Uh, and again, if you want to get on, just hit your hand uh, icon and you can come on with me and we can uh, take your questions right here on Listen App. Rachel, thank you so much for uh, joining us here on Listen App. How are you today? Hi, Grant. Uh, Long time listener, first time caller. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to uh, pipe in yesterday about the, uh, so I want to go back to the Raiders a little bit. A huge Raider fan. (laughs) Um, And I just wanted to say that, you know, I got so upset nearing the end of that game that I had to go walk the dog after uh, 
goal line, they get a penalty and then they throw the interception. And I, I just had enough and I <clears throat> turned it off and went to walk the dog. And, and to my surprise, when I came back, I had to go back and rewind it. They actually won the game and pulled it off, but I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's been the part for the course over the years of watching the Raiders. It's just con- consistently and it's continued with Gruden to just see, um, you know, bad play calling, bad game management, just stupid penalties. I think, like you said, they had 10 penalties for, you know, they lead the league every year in this and, and I, I don't care how nice the new stadium is. I feel like until we have a culture shift there, it's just, you know, it's just not going to matter. And and really the Ravens were playing mostly their second unit. And, you know, Lamar Jackson almost by himself, you know, beat us sure. and, and probably could have at any point. So I was, you know, it was a win, but I, you know, like many of the Raider wins, they, you know, they give you gray hair and you just don't feel real good about them because you just don't see a good product on the field. Now, let me ask you, are you, do you regret going out and walking your dog and not seeing it live? <sighs> well, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because <laughs> that's do. happened to me. It's happened to me several times with uh, the Raiders and some other sports. And so sometimes I maybe I'm a little superstitious, but I'm like, you know what? If I get mad and go walk the dog, maybe they'll win. <laughs> yeah. Well, they had some bad injuries, too. I read today that uh, you know, their defensive tackle, Gerald McCoy, now is out for the season. Um, yesterday, we talked about the Raiders losing their starting guard, uh, Denzel Good. They've got some yeah. other injuries. So, they, you know, th- th- that's another thing that you can never forecast, as you well know. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, that, uh, now this is going to be interesting because on a short week, all that emotion from Monday night and now having to go cross country to play a early game against Pittsburgh who, you know, they didn't play great, the Steelers, but they did in the fourth quarter to beat Buffalo, and that has to give them, you know, a lot of confidence. So, again, I, I, it's early. You know, you can't make too much out of one game, but I agree with you. You are not going to win, Rachel, in the National Football League with 10 penalties every week. That's just not going to happen. No, and I just – I feel like it's the same old thing every year, especially under Gruden. I think his play calling is very predictable, and I feel like I'm sitting at home watching it on TV, and I know what's coming. Um, there is little, you know – there are some exciting plays here and there, but so, so much of it is just so predictable. If I can see it at home, you know, the defenses can see it. Um, one other, just one other mention is that clearly yeah. Josh Jacobs has a serious toe injury. It's not healed at all. I mean, yes. he definitely just needs no to question. sit down. I hope it's not something like a turf toe where he's going to be out several games, but you know, we had a non-factor in the running game. So I hope he, that's another major injury, unfortunately. And one other thing, and I'll let you go, but, I just wanted yeah. to pipe in on the, um, you know, I'm 46 years old, so I and I still feel like some days I'm really, really old. But I've been watching sports my whole life, and I tune in to watch the games, you know. And I just don't want to see uh, any type of messaging uh-huh. anywhere. I hate it. I've always hated it. I just want to go yep. to the game and watch the games and deal with the players. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't even care what the messaging is per se. I don't even like the themed days or the themed nights or anything. I literally sure. just want to go to the game and watch the games and support the teams and have, you know, a good time. So I just wanted to reiterate, I mean, I'm younger, but I still feel the same way. And I felt that way for quite a while. And particularly the onslaught of it in the past two years has completely turned me off. And I didn't notice it last night on the Raider game I didn't that's the only game I watched and I didn't notice it till honestly late in the fourth quarter where at the end zone you know I saw the end racism or whatever but it you know right. just turned me off but I, I guess not to the point where you know I won't watch so most my two cents on that 
Yep. Well, you and I are exactly on the same page there. I feel exactly uh, the way you do. And it's not like these things aren't important to me. And I know you're not saying that either. They are important to me, but I don't want it when I'm watching my games. That's that's where it boils down to. Exactly. I agree with that completely. I'm a huge advocate for, you know, many, many causes. Um, but I with that said, I just don't want it on my helmet or on my field or hockey arena nope. or baseball diamond or whatever. When I'm turning on the game, that's it. And I yep. don't think that's too much to ask. So anyway, love you, Grant. I'm so glad that you're back. Thank you. Um, I'll try to start actually calling in now. I was always a loyal listener to you on 1140. I don't listen there. I anymore. appreciate that. And um, I'm glad that you're back. Thank you. Do me a favor. Right. Pass the word along, okay? Because this is new. And uh, thank you very much. Really yeah, appreciate I'll get the it, word Rachel. Out. Hopefully, care. we'll get another billboard thank up you. here with your new uh, with your new <laughs> listen app. <laughs> All right. You take care. All thank right. you. That's great. Thank you. That was great. Really enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it's great to have some calls today. And I say today, this is new, and it's going to take a while to build up the momentum of this. But my goal is as I told you, to make this very similar to the way it was when I was on the radio in the afternoon. And the technology is so great. Like Rachel, I mean, it sounds like we're like in the same room talking. So I love the technology and the word needs to spread though. And if you can help me with that, it would be greatly appreciated. So I'm sticking with this. I mean, my point is I'm very excited at the prospects of this app. I think Listen App is great. Uh, I appreciate those of you that are listening right now. I appreciate those of you that have been on since Monday of last week uh, when I did my first show. And, you know, we're going to talk about the games, but I'm going to talk about other things like today because I want to know how you feel. And it was interesting to hear John say he's not really bothered by it and he doesn't really, you know, doesn't matter to him. And then Rachel has the exact same view as I do. I'd love to know if anyone else wants to chime on, you just hit that hand icon just like Rachel did, and I'll put you right on because I really want to hear from you. I want to know what you think. Uh, do, do, do the, does the messaging that we're seeing now in the NFL turn you off or bother you or whatever? I, I, I'm not going to put words into your mouth. You, you can tell me. It. I don't like it. I, I'm, I'm not so sure I would go as far as saying like it bothers me greatly. Uh, but, but I don't like it. It's not something that I want to see. Dan, thank you so much for coming on Listen Up. How are you, Dan? Doing well, doing well. Um, as far as the messaging, it doesn't, doesn't really bother me too much. Like, but with the national anthem, I think they should not do it at all. Like, if you go to England, go to a Premier League game, they're not going to sing their national anthem. To me, it only makes sense. Um, like Olympics and World Cup. So if you go to like a Premier League game, they don't play the anthem before the games? I didn't know that. Is that true? No, no. They don't do it in any other countries except America. You know, baseball games, basketball, football. They sing that anthem. Okay. But other countries don't do that. I did not know that. I was not aware of that. Only in the Olympics. And you just said the World Cup, right? They do play the anthem before World Cup matches, correct? Yeah, yeah. And there, it makes sense, right? Because there's a bunch of different countries. Sure. But here, it's everybody's American, right? Or living in America. Fair enough. So hey, Dan, appreciate you chiming in, man. Yep. I'm sorry? Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, if you want to get in, do so. We'd love to hear from you. I didn't know that about the other countries. 
Um, but there have been a lot of people that have said, don't even play the anthem. You know, it's been such a tremendous, I'll call it ritual. I mean, I remember as a little boy at three years old, standing at Yankee Stadium, listening to Robert Merrill sing the national anthem. And I remember, as a little, and I really remember this, I remember as three and four years old, everybody around me singing the anthem too. My dad always did. And I remember people standing with, you know, great respect. And again, many people joining in the singing of the national anthem. And, and I still see that today when I go to some games, but not, not, not like I used to. I, I, well, we'll save that for another topic on another day. Do you think that they should just, you know, end the anthem uh, altogether? Uh, that's a great question. You know, I, I really, I don't know what to say on that. That is a, a great question. Uh, if you want to get in on the program before we adjourn, just hit that hand icon uh, and we'll do so. Tomorrow, uh, I will talk a lot about the uh, Thursday game, the Giants and Washington. Not that it's going to take a long time to go over that game. We'll get into the college football weekend a little bit as well. Uh, you've got the Ryder Cup starting up next week. It'll be very interesting to see what happens there. So we've got baseball coming down to the final stretch with a couple of weeks. We just talked about the Giants and the Dodgers. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Those two teams. I mean, the Dodgers and the Giants playing after the wild card round. I mean, how crazy is that? Crazy. Crazy. But Baseball is what it is. That's how it's set up. So, hey, uh, again, thank you very much for all of you that have joined me. Again, I really appreciate you uh, telling your friends. I really want to build this up. Uh, I want to make this a multi-hour show. So instead of going from 3 to 3.45 or 4, you know, we can add it and go to 5. And I think when basketball starts, then I will be able to incorporate all of the NBA fans into the NFL fans. And, you know, I'll, I'll have some guests. That can join me along the way. So I think that would be good as well. Then we'll get more people. I think it's a comfort factor. Like I, the people that join me today, you know, the four or five calls, it's very easy, right? I mean, it's simple. You hit the hand icon. I put you on. It's great. The sound quality is outstanding. You know, they've done a great job here with Listen App. I think they've done a tremendous job. And I'm really happy that I have this platform because I really mean this. I have missed talking to you. I, I, when I mean talking to you, I mean live. I've missed talking to you live. Like there's nothing like being on live and then I can get instant feedback. So that's what I like to do. That's why I was so intrigued when Listen App came to my attention. I was like, wow, I have been waiting for this. This is perfect. This is exactly what I need. It's going to be like radio. And here's the other deal. I can do this anywhere. I can get on an airplane and fly halfway around the world and get off the plane and go on Listen App and I can talk to you. You know, I can go whatever. I, I, it's great. I take it with me. So that's another thing I absolutely love about this. And here's the other deal. Let's say that there's a big trade. Let's say the Kings make a big trade. Or let's say your favorite team, whatever, makes a big trade. I can come on immediately, put out the message. Uh, you, if you follow me, I put it out. I'm going to be on in five minutes talking about the big trade. Boom. And all of a sudden, we're on live. And we get a lot of feedback. So I'll be doing that as well. You know, it's not going to just be at six o'clock every day, although it will be. But my point is, in addition to that, when there's breaking news, I can come on and talk about it. That's another thing I love 
you know, about this act. So, hey, thank you very much. Great show today. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Stay safe. And I'll be back tomorrow, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Listen Up. So. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.